Warning, the following podcast contains violent scenes that may be unsettling to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. In 1987, four childhood friends were reunited after 10 years to investigate the murder of a mentor they all shared. During this time, they unlocked the deep secrets of the past and found themselves exposed to the darkness that surrounded them. Soon it became more than a fight for justice. And instead, it became a fight against the ultimate evil. Six months later, in the winter of 1988, bonded by their knowledge of the dark unknown, they have decided to no longer be the victim. Now they seek out the deep roots of satanic corruption that hides in the shadows of society, all the while trying to mentor a new companion, seeking justice for the death of his cousin. Institutionalized is the second story arc in the Chronicles of Darkness first edition story, The Ultimate Evil, set in Bismarck, North Dakota in 1988. Join us in this tale of satanic horror with Wayne, played by Adam, Che, played by Andrew, Alex, played by Mitch, Michael, played by Slavic, and the newcomer Derek, played by Tillman. If you'd like to contact us, you can find us on Twitter at twin underscore cities underscore VTM, and on Facebook and Discord at Twin Cities by Night. If you'd like to help support the podcast, you can find us on Patreon at Twin Cities by Night. We hope you enjoy. Michael and Derek, you're sitting in the office of the Dakota Investigative Services. You know that Adam and Alex have taken off to drive to the Dakota Adventist Academy to speak to that counselor who just called Tina Weaver. You two know that you had a plan to go to the open door Baptist church to speak to Keith Galloway. Seems on you guys. So we're like in a waiting room sort of. You're, you're actually in the the office still. You guys haven't left yet. You're okay. Your... Remind me. Did we, I, I'm pretty sure I like tried using the computer to get phone numbers or something uh did we call them up yet do we have a meeting arranged nope you didn't you got the information from the the system but you did not call anyone in a separate meeting or but you have the address and the phone number and all that fun stuff i prefer to ambush them you just want to show up yes i think it's better because we don't know who's involved and how they're involved and if we give them time to prepare then I don't know. I think it's better if we catch, try to catch them off guard. Yeah, I, I can see that. But really, we just want to talk to this uh, this Galloway. Yeah, guy, definitely. Right? I, uh, as far as we know, this this school is not really involved in the whole story. It's just where he ended up at. And that brings up a good point because Derek doesn't know really all the insides of like what Michael knows, you know. So I, I I'm wondering from. Derek's perspective, hearing Michael be like, oh, we're going to go there. We're going to catch him off guard and not give him time to talk. And in your perspective, you're just talking to this guy who used to work at the school. Like, what, what is that making you think when you hear all that, Derek? Oh, I'm uh, I'm just relying on his expertise. He has the police background, so he knows how to handle this. And in Derek's mind, it's probably something about if there are multiple people involved, they will give each other away if you don't give them time to prepare because they can't make up like the, uh, the backstory that they will agree upon. I like that. So you kind of, because you are new to this, I mean, you've only been with them for a day. Mike's the cop. You're kind of like 
the novice, very low level novice when it comes to this kind of stuff. So obviously then that makes sense. You see the intensity he has is it's obviously a strategy that he knows as a cop. Michael, what's going on in your head right now? Like, what do you think you're going into with this guy? Like what, what, like, like there's this, you know, you obviously are going there with a purpose. Like what's going on in Michael's head? Well, right I now? mean, I think Michael at this point is a bit paranoid, like the healthy amount of paranoid when you deal with the sort of things uh, the Dakota investigative services deal with. <laughs> so yeah, he's a bit paranoid. He He's not sure if this guy's a suspect or, you know, he's just a headmaster. So it could be that, you know, it's just some bumbling guy who could have just been a figurehead or whatever in the school. But it's obvious that something happened there. Is is all this intensity that you've dealt with in the last like couple of days with like Che being in an accident, Wayne saying that he had been chased by someone kind of or followed by someone? Is that like how how are you handling your temper right now like like is that part of the yeah it's it's, it's definitely part of it it's 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 a special it's, it's why he said like we're not gonna call him up we're just gonna go there and we're gonna ask questions and we're just not gonna give him a chance i'm gonna ask derek to give me a perception and empathy role please difficult or excuse me perception and empathy role or is there a no it doesn't exist <laughs> oh god damn it let me pull my character sheet i had a character sheet here just we for can this. maybe Say Hold wit wits here. empathy oh, yeah. maybe. Yeah, yeah. Let's do wits and empathy, please. <laughs> so I have three successes. So Derek, as you are sitting there and you guys are getting your jacket on and you're about to leave, you see Michael like for a second, like he's grabbing his car keys, and he looks towards the coat rack where you're standing now, and you realize he's not looking at you, but he's looking at the coat that his coat, and you just see a ferocity kind of in his face at the moment. Like you, when you saw Michael in the picture on that newspaper, that dot matrix printed picture with his like white smile, like forced white smile sitting there with like a tie on, or when you saw Michael, when you met him at Denny's like six months ago, or even when you came in here for the job, he had a more of a warm kind of like, oh, for lack of a better term, like a warm aura around him and a, and a, and a welcoming look. Now, when he's looking at that jacket, you just see like his, his jaws kind of clenched. His eyes are fierce as he's going to grab it. And this is a side of him that you haven't quite seen other than when you went to the hot, when you went to the hospital kind of in the morning, but right now you see that he has this purpose to him. He's, almost. he's turned ahead, inward. Season, you do you mean? Yes. He's turned inward, but also he's very intense right now when he's going towards his jacket, like almost like you're like, almost like you almost like he's his own body with this gravitational pull and you're kind of just being pulled along with it and with the purpose that he has right now not saying that you don't have your own desires to go and speak to this guy but you definitely see that there's something fueling michael right now and it's different than what's fueling you go ahead scenes on you guys right so any more preparations well derek what do you think we should ask mr galloway mm. i don't know and he, you he sort of hands him uh like a notebook or something take notes like you can take the notes okay sorry for my scribbles but yeah uh, what what do you think do we just ease into it like why did he leave his previous job that seems like such an interview question oh that's actually a good idea asking him why he left i'd like to talk to him about the atmosphere about the school maybe he could uh, maybe why he left could be part of that maybe ask him about former colleagues right yeah yeah yeah. what do you think's about the the new dean or head of school yeah although we have to first you know 
sort of talk to him while we're talking to him and making sure he trusts us before that. I mean, he's going to ask why we show up. Yeah. No, yeah. I don't think we should lie in that case. Uh, see, private investigators, because if he decides to not cooperate, he would figure it out anyway, somehow. And worst comes to worst, we can still, you know, keep tabs on him. Although with Che out of commission, oh well. We'll have to figure something out. Do we tell him who we work for? No, not at first. We'll see how it goes. But I don't want to cause trouble for Mr. Lancaster. Lancasters, and hopefully, hopefully we'll get some good information. So which vehicle are you guys taking? I don't think we have an official... Dakota investigative investigative services vehicle. So I've you got Michael's car and the white van. Yeah, yeah. I, I think we'll take Michael's car. Is, is Michael's car that... available? I don't think it is because I took him to the hospital and back. I believe. Yeah, but you're at the yeah, office now, so his car was at the oh, office. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, never mind. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So tell us about Michael's car. I know you're not a big car person, Slavic, but tell us about like definitely not a big american car person i could 80s. see it being like a normal toyota corolla but like what is it clean what kind of music does he play in it uh, it, does? it like, depends i guess i think it's relatively clean with like short periods of stakeout dirty you know with like uh paper from food and coffee cups and whatever but right now i don't think he's been at on a stakeout so i think it'll be relatively clean maybe a couple crumbs here and there very often but it's not like dirty dirty so what kind of music does michael listen to we've never really delved into that like or does he even listen to music is he more of a sports radio yeah kind of guy? I, I think whatever's on the radio yeah he's not a guy like wayne who goes and buys cassettes yeah, yeah or whatever definitely stuff not he likes definitely not he just you know uh whatever's popular at the time okay so when <laughs> phil collins kind of a so, basic uh, bitch in when... that way <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool, man. Michael's a driven person. I mean, you got to think running a business, doing everything that Michael has done at such a young age, you know? So, I mean, you guys are only like, I think we decided you're only like 23 right now, 22, 23. So you guys aren't extremely Yeah, old. Michael's 25. 25, yeah, 25. So that's a lot of stuff you're doing. So when you go out to the car, Derek, you're sitting in the pasture. See, he kind of like, you open the door after he unlocks it. He starts the car and he's scraping the ice you know, the ice and the frost and the snow from the front windshield because it was left there overnight because he was at the hospital and you drove him there. When he's scraping, you just, you see your end starts to kind of like get unscraped and you have a real close-up of his face and he's just like angrily like just chipping away with this scraper at the ice as he's scraping it. And most people in North Dakota will do like, like maybe five inches or seven inches of it you know, to go to see, and then they'll let the car heater do the rest. Well, Michael's just like scraping every friggin' bit of it that he can, as you're kind of awkwardly sitting there, you know, as he's doing it, as the car is running and you hear like some score from like the Minnesota Gopher hockey team being, you know, silently kind of being spoken to through the speakers or kind of being shared with you. You guys get in the car, Michael's driving, you go into highway 94, which eventually takes you West and you go over the Missouri river to where you get to a neighborhood that's kind of uh, nicer. It's called Lakewood. And as you're driving through these neighborhoods in Lakewood, you eventually get to this rather large parking lot that that where this church is at. When you come up to the parking lot, you see the parking lot is almost like, like a 90, is, is almost like a 180 degree shaped 
half of a circle. You know, it almost has kind of like that half circle shape to it where you, the part you're driving on, uh, uh, into is the flat end of the circle. And as the parking lot kind of curves in front of you, as you see it, you see the curve, the very top of the curve leads to this little, or it leads to concrete area that is that leads to the entrance of this church. This church was probably built, you don't know, Michael or Derek, when this church was probably built, but if you're looking at the architecture, you, you would assume that is rather new, maybe built within the last 10 years, if not the last five years. It has these fancy like metal columns almost that almost are supposed to replicate like Greek columns, but they're metal, almost like new wavish. And there's a lot of glass that's in the front. You see like the front of the building almost looks all glass and you see it's like two stories. So within, within the, those, that glass that you see, you see like, there's like, you can kind of make out this plush, like maroon carpet maybe. And you see some like furniture, you see some people walking about, you can't really make it out as you're getting into the parking lot. But then you see this big kind of sign that, that kind of comes across the front of the building and almost splits the two layer, the two levels in half that says the open door Baptist church on there, like in a new modern chic way. As you come and drive into the parking lot and you see the, the plows have been like keeping this parking lot rather clear. It starts to snow gently though, when you drive into the parking lot, just very lightly. And you see that the parking lot's pretty empty, except when you get to the front of the parking lot, that's closer to the building. And you see there's about like 20, 25 cars, which you, if you were to assume, these are probably people who are working in the church because you would assume rest of the parking is probably full on Sundays where service happens. As you get closer to the building, you see the sides of the building aren't glass though. You see there's actually this red brick. So it's like the front of the church is is all glass, but the side is red brick. And you can see when you get closer, there's like, looks like there's a lot of hedges and bushes that are kind of like cut and, and that are almost like waist high that go along the walkway in the front that leads to the church along the bottom of the glass front, but it's covered in snow right now. So you can't really make out the green of them, but you can kind of tell they're bushes. When you park the car and you guys open the door, you walk onto the sidewalk that goes parallel with the front entrance of the building. So there's a sidewalk that kind of goes parallel. And then there's a sidewalk that goes perpendicular that goes towards the entrance. And you see that it is about five to six feet wide and it's been shoveled and there's salt that has been thrown along there. Something that you're quite accustomed to seeing. And as you guys step onto the sidewalk, you feel the salt kind of like crush underneath your shoes or your boots or whatever you may be wearing. As you walk up to the entrance, you see as you get closer that there's these double doors that have these long silver handles that are on them. And the doors are obviously glass too. And when you open up the door, one of the doors or both, whatever you open up and you walk in, you're greeted right away with this warmth that's coming from the heat that's inside this building. And you look forward and you see that there's this welcome desk. It even says welcome on like, you know, the desk's about chest high on the front of it's like of old wood. It looks like fashionable old wood. And you see welcome and like black letters that are along the bottom of the base of this desk. And you see that there's like little stands that are on the front that have like flyers that people can come and take, you know, information on church services or, or potlucks that are happening or anything to that extent. 
you look to the right and left and you see that this maroon carpet that is inside is indeed maroon. And you see in the left, there's like a bunch of couches and tables like for people to sit. And you see that there's like a little like one of those free pamphlet bookshelves that you always saw in the 80s where people could pick up like different pamphlets about like in the usually brightly colored, like a green or a red or an orange or whatever. And on the right, you see that there's like more of a sitting area, but you see that there's like a hallway that goes down and you could kind of see that like there's a one a door open at the end of the hallway. And you can see that looks like we're probably services happen. And then on left of the right of this welcome desk, you see that there's stairs that kind of go up to the second floor if you were to go up there. And you see there's this lady that's sitting at the front desk and she looks to be maybe about in her 50s or 60s. She has like a white perm, a really tight like perm. And she has these glasses on that have like these little like chains that go along the side of it. And you see she has this navy blue sweater that's on and there's like a looks like a white blouse that's underneath that's kind of poking out. And you, as soon as you guys walk in, you see she looks up. It looks like she had a book that she was reading and she smiles to you both warmly. Go ahead, season you guys. Hello, ma'am. We're looking for Keith Galloway. Oh, okay. Yes. Um, uh, and she, you see, she like pulls out this like planner book, you know, those double old calendar books and she kind of puts it to where you guys can see it on the top and she's, you know, <laughs> turning the pages and she goes to the date and she's like, but you see her finger coming along. She's like, ah, and she looks at her watch and it's about like, I forgot what time we said. Like it's like 12 or 1230. And she's looking, she's like, did you have an appointment uh, for today? I'm afraid not. Is that okay? Um, uh, you can see like, she's kind of like, you realize when you're interacting with her, that she's probably like a volunteer. You can get that volunteer sense, you know, that like when people are kind of like, I'm just here to like fill a slot kind of thing. And she's like, um, let me see real quick. And she kind of like, you see, she picks up a phone and you guys can't, you know, you guys can't see where the phone's at, you know, because there's like that weird, like two foot gap on the desk where you can't see like what's actually like behind where you guys are at. And she like, but you see this phone receiver come up and she puts it to her ear and you see her finger shake a little bit and she hits a couple buttons and she's like, yes, hi, dear. I got uh, two people here who would like to speak with uh, Mr. Galloway. Uh, is he, They don't have it. They're not in the appointment book, though, that you guys tell me to check. Uh, do, 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 should I? Uh, can you see them? I don't know how to handle this situation. I'm sorry, young lady. And then you just hear kind of like a muffled voice. And she's like, uh, hold on one second. She's like, um, what, what, what is this pertaining to? It pertains to his old job as headmaster. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they saying that uh, it's pertaining to an old job that he had as a headmaster. Uh, okay. Let me see here. And she like flips to the book. She's like, I see that he has a one thirty. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'll I'll send him up. Thank you. And she like hangs up the phone. She's like, Well, Mr. Galloway is eating lunch right now, but he said uh, his secretary told me that he's open till one thirty. If you'd like to come up there and and uh, talk to him, that's wonderful. Thank you. Come yes, on, uh, Derek, let's go. Yeah, let me uh let me give me one second. Let me show you where uh he's at. And you see she kind of gets up and she's helping herself like lift herself up and you see she has one of those like canes that have like the, the claw feet at the bottom of it, you know, and she's just kind of like slowly walking up towards one the where one of the steps are. And when you go up to these steps, you see like their metal stairs and they kind of go one direction, they curve and then they go the other, like they to the second floor. She's like, what you're going to do, young man, is you're going to walk up these stairs here. And then when you go up the stairs, you're going to go down all the way to the end of the hallway. And when you go all the way to the end of the hallway, you're going to see some big double wooden doors and they should be open. Mr. Galloway's uh, secretary, Samantha, really nice young lady. She's, she's, will be working there and she'll go ahead and help you out. Okay. Okay. Thank you, ma'am. God bless you too, young man. She, you, you have a good talk now. And she like kind of makes her way to the front of the, well, to the desk where she was sitting at. Say we make our way to Galloway. As you guys are walking up the steps, you get to where that curve and it gets to the second floor. 
And you see that this time that there are there isn't like a uh, a red carpet anymore. It's kind of like a, a wooden hardwood floor kind of. And you see that you could tell that these are like if you look to the left, as soon as you get to the steps, you look to the left, you see like you can see there's a hallway and then not a hallway, but it's almost like <clears throat> if you were to go, if you were to gone behind a desk on the first floor and looked up, you would have saw the second floor. You would have saw like a wall with some pictures and you would have saw two hallways on each end. So when you get to the top of the steps, you look to the left and you see like where the other hallway would go to. But you walk down this hallway and as you walk down the hallway, you see that there's some office doors like says like one on the right says like youth counseling and the other one says like, you know, counts or, you know, counseling or and there's different like Bible study room and different stuff like that. And you see that there's like paintings of Jesus, like on a couple of the walls, there's like one of like him sitting there speaking to his disciples. And there's another of him like holding a lamb. And then you get to the end of the hallway where there's these double wooden doors have these big brass handles and they're both opened and you see that there's a desk that you see right away a normal desk this time and you see there's this younger lady she's blonde and she it's it, her hair's cut to about the middle of her neck and she looks a little like a little uh heavier set and she gets up and she's kind of wearing like these dress slacks and she's wearing a gray sweater and she walks towards you guys with her hands out and she's like Mr. Uh, Mr. Galloway is on a phone call right now, but if you sit right here and she motions and you can see there's like a couch, like a, a brown leather couch where people can sit and wait. And then you see there's a door like on the other uh, or right next to the couch where it says like, you know, Keith Galloway on the door, but it's closed. She's like, he's on a phone call right now, but when he's done with this phone call, uh, he can go ahead and see you all. Is that, would you like some coffee uh, or, um, you know, who are you guys with, by the way? Like we weren't expecting you guys to come by. Oh, sorry. We're just looking into something uh, from a from one of Mr. Galloway's uh, students back in the day. Oh, okay. My name is uh, Michael Gray. This is oh, nice. This is Derek. Uh, Derek Porter. Hello, ma'am. Hi, hi. So, uh, like, she's just looking at you, confused. Like, uh, the the student. Like, uh, well, what? Like, well, it, it's 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 confidential. I'm sad to say. Oh, who you who are you both with? We're with uh, Dakota Investigative Services. We're private oh. investigators. Uh, it's I assure you that Mr. Galloway is in no trouble whatsoever. This is standard procedure. We just oh. uh, need to have. We just need some information. That's all. Oh. <laughs> like she's giving you the north dakota like oh like like this stuff is only stuff that she sees on tv and she's or she's just kind of looked at you mouth and yeah exactly that's why michael's like oh yeah i totally understand totally empathetic but you know he's like can yeah, you so say my... that they have like um flyers of whatever services they offer like you well, said something about yeah yeah they, you you'll even see on her desk there's like a little flyer thing. they have it everywhere you know like flyers about their services yeah, yeah. and stuff uh, like I would, that i would like to just like look over what they what they even do <laughs> like what's there <laughs> so you're sitting like mike's sitting on the couch all intense waiting for the door to open and you're reading like the service flyer like what they're all doing you see like the flyer has like different hours of like they have like normal sunday services you see they have like wednesday night services they also offer like they all uh, also offer like couples counseling or pre-marriage counseling you know for people who are planning to get married you see they have like a list of charitable exercises that they have going on right now too we uh, you know like you also see that they are have like youth gatherings or, or youth camps or stuff like that too and as you're reading through there michael you're sitting there all of a sudden you the door opens up and you see when the door opens up you see this figure standing there he's wearing these dark brown corduroy pants and he has like these black loafers on underneath he has uh like a red or, or excuse me orange sweater that's on 
oh, uh, and underneath he has like this white collared like shirt. He looks like he's probably like 260 pounds and maybe like about 5'11", 5'10". So he's rather healthy, especially around the waist where you see he kind of has like a little gut. He has uh, like a mustache, a thick brown mustache. And he's balding on top when he has like his hair cut short on the sides. And he has like these wired rim glasses. And he just kind of sees her. He's looking at you too. He's like, oh, so I see you want to come and speak to me. Uh, you want to come on in here? And, uh, we can have a talk. Yes, sir. Thank you. My name yeah. is Michael Gray. And he Please sticks you. He sticks out his hand. And you see he has like kind of like these large like hands, like thick hands, you know, not overweight hands, but look like strong hands. He <laughs> kind of shakes your hand and then he like shakes your hand too. He's like, oh, come on in. And when he comes in, you see that he has like these two chairs that are in front of the desk, like comfortable chairs that a lot of these people have usually for like couples to sit in there and talk to or, or some people like that. And you see when he goes to his desk, he has like, you see, there's a bunch of pictures. Like you see the back of a bunch of pictures. There looks to be about like 10 of them. And he has a phone there. No computers before like people have computers. And he's like, and he has like the one of those planners, calendar planners that people used to put on top of their desk like the kind where you could flip to the top you know and you see behind him there's like some bookshelves that have like different like you see like new testament study guides and stuff like that and you see there's like a wood cut bust of like jesus like on top of one of them and you kind of look to the left and right and you see there's different like uh scripture sayings that are like on motivational posters or something to that extent and behind him there's a large window and when you look at the large window, you can see like behind the church where there's like kind of looks like like a half an acre that's covered in snow. And then you see like houses that are kind of like behind that. And he's sitting and he goes and sits behind the desk and he's like, uh, so uh, what was it that you wanted to speak about? Well, it's kind of a sensitive subject. We're with Dakota Investigative Services. I'm a private investigator. Derek here is my assistant. And we're actually looking into the disappearance of Toby Lancaster. And we've been talking to some people and realized that he was a troubled child. And we thought that you might have some information about him. I'm going to have you both give me a roll. Give me one second here. I want to make sure. I'm going to have you guys give me. Ooh, man. I don't know if I want wits or resolve, man. Because to me, resolves like wits is when you notice something. Resolves when you want to push through something. So I'm happy to do a wits. And uh, empathy roll, please, both of you. Or you could do wits and resolve if you really wanted to. <laughs> Man, you know, <laughs> I think I'm going to have you do a wits and resolve because of your outlook. Okay. You're having that more aggressive outlook. And I'm going to have Derek do wits and empathy, please. All righty, then. I know, Derek, you're just the most empathetic person. I'm sorry. <laughs> Fuck, zero successes, <laughs> Michael. <laughs> One. <laughs> you notice, Derek, when he says that, you see, like, uh, you see... Keith's eyes like almost like squeeze shut real quick like in this weird you know some people have that nervous tick where the eyes like squeeze shut real quick and you see it just happens real quick when that's brought it up you don't notice anything Michael you're just staring at him he's like oh Toby Toby um hmm. and he's all sitting there thinking about it name doesn't name doesn't ring a bell uh he was a student at the Adventist Academy when I was a uh, headmaster up there yeah yes he was uh kind of a troubled kid like we said ran away a couple times from home and well you know afterwards he ran a couple more times and now he's just uh missing so we're kind of in charge of looking for him it's, it's a tragic story really but you know we want to make sure do our due diligence could you tell us more about the school by the way uh, uh, sir, is it is it okay if i take some notes and you see he's looking at you, Derek. And there's a moment where you like catch eye contact with him. And he just looks at you and he's like, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. And he just like looks back at Michael. And he's like, 
Well, uh, you know, the schools, um, the school started in, uh, uh roughly, uh, whew, about, uh, 10 years ago, uh, a little bit more than 10 years ago. Uh, it was started, uh, in 1976 about, and, uh, yeah, you know, it's been around for a while. We, uh, we like to work, you know, I was hired to, to be the, I was the head dean there for uh, almost like uh, 10 years and, uh, you know, yeah, yeah. I got hired there, uh, you know, did my time and, uh, you know, decided to move on to, uh, have my own parishioners again. And, uh, don't, you know, handed it off and here we are now. Eh? Give me a, yeah. uh, give me a, I'm going to have you give me that same, uh, role, uh, Michael and Derek. All right. <laughs> All right. One success for Michael. It's something. Yeah. Well, actually one success pretty solid in new world of darkness. Yeah. Same. You guys notice that like he's keeping something out of it. Like the way he's articulating to you, you are getting the impression. Like he's just trying to like move on to the next question, Mm -hmm. you know, like where Mm -hmm. someone kind of gives an answer and you can tell they're like waiting for you to move on and kind of hoping this is like a shotgun questionnaire that you're giving them. Oh, that must have been an interesting experience though. I uh, can't imagine you've been a pastor before. Oh uh, yeah, I've been doing it. Uh, yeah, so, so uh, yeah, changing from that into head dean that couldn't have been easy. I admire that. And you can see, drive. you can see like a little bit, like he's just like a little not frustrated, but you can see that he's like, oh uh, yeah, yeah, he's keeping his answers short. You know, yeah, yeah, quite a bit. It was a, uh, it was a big change. Yeah. Mm. Would you say the atmosphere of the school was? Is it like a very religious focus and? or well of course it was but with like uh the school was started with money from the walkstetter family wasn't it and you see the moment he stops and i'm gonna have you both give me that roll but i'm gonna give you uh plus uh three which i think what plus three gives you three dice right yep because that's some ammunition you just dropped on there and you can spend willpower if you want to too just so you know two successes for me and three for derek you can see like he's sitting there's when you mention that you see him like his hands grip those large hands they're kind of like he has them together and he's like sitting on his desk you know kind of like puts his hands and you see him tighten to where almost like his fingers turn red you notice his fingers turn red when he does that it's and he's like he was did mr Boxster uh, hire you directly uh, it seems you you must have known him i mean uh uh he stops for a second and he just like takes his coffee mug that he has and he like takes a drink from it and he puts it down and he's like he was he was he was one of the 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 founding members and uh I, what what does what does Calvin Welkstetter have to do with this missing boy? Oh, we're just making conversation, really. Oh, we're just I guess interested in local history a bit, especially Derek. Right? He's a bit yeah, of a yeah. history buff. Uh, uh, as it happens, um, um, family members of mine have, have been very close with the walks of family and i'm just trying to like figure out more about them uh, and you see him look at you and like uh, okay so yeah yep i i knew him yep i knew him he gave me he got me the job yep what a great opportunity oh uh, yeah yeah don't you know yeah it was a it was an opportunity for sure uh yeah so about this boy um i'm sorry i just yeah. don't know i don't don't know what could have happened to him hmm. well that's a real shame let me Give me a second to... My question is, should I nape drop McMulty? Michael McNulty? Oh, yeah. the counselor? Yeah, it's your, it's your turn. Yeah, yeah you know I what? guess so. Yeah, and if you, uh, yeah well, it, let's try something. Oh, sorry, go ahead, Chris. No, I was going to say, if you want to roll something too, 
Like there's gotta be some kind of roll, you know? So I'm thinking there's gotta be some kind of like throw someone off their game roll. And you guys are like piling this on. So uh intimidation, which I know you have, and uh per presence maybe or manipulate presence is I would say presence would be a good one because presence would be like you're just fucking trying to like like grill it on him you know what i mean yeah or, or do you want to do manipulation where you're gonna to try to be like sly and like slide it, uh, it doesn't him? matter for michael he has two dots in both okay uh do, wh- which route do you want to do i would say it would be a more presence more okay presence. then let's do pres- presence and intimidation he's just a very direct person usually and i'll give you plus two dice to drop the name of michael mcnulty right. to help with that Sorry, I just wanted you to roll something yeah. for that. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. That's completely fine. And I'll drop a willpower on this. Well. <laughs> Mike's, Michael's just about to slam his dick on the table. And be like, <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's, it's mostly because Prince three, five, eight dice. Okay, so maybe you could tell us something about Mr. McMulty. He was his guidance counselor. And how many successes did you get? Four. Four. Oh, shit. <laughs> So he stops for a second. He looks at you and you see, you can see this, Michael and Derek, you can see it to his eyes are just like someone can panic, like in a panic state for a little bit. And he's like, again, I, ugh. and you see him stumbling for a second. He's like, what, what do you want? What do you want from me? Sorry. What? What, what do you want from me? Well, what's with all these games heard, here that you're doing? I assure you, these are no games. Uh, Toby and uh, Mr. McMulty were apparently close or multi cared about Toby. So we're just trying to figure it figure it all out. And we just want you to help us. I think our conversation's done here, young man. I think you can find yourself out. Of course. Of course, I understand. It's not easy. I give him a card. If you have anything you want to tell us, please don't hesitate to do so. I understand that it's very difficult. Thank you. Goodbye. And you... he Come on, he Derek. T- he, t- he takes her card and he just like sits back down and... Derek, you get up and you kind of just see him look at you again and you have this awkward eye contact and you both walk out and close the door behind you. Go ahead. I think this went wonderfully. What do you think, Derek? Yeah, excellent. And I I smile at the secretary. Thank you again for making time. Thank you so much. Unannounced. And she just kind of like looks at you with the big eye like, oh my God, private detectives are real. Kind of like they're not just on Hill Street Blues. As you guys like walk out the door, what is going on in your mind, Michael, right now? Like, what you said this went good. Like, why did it go good? Because he reacted, right? We sort of pushed him and pushed him and pushed him, and he reacted. And it's obvious, or well, it's not, he probably has something to do with it, even if it's just defending his reputation because he fucked something up and he might not be directly something he did, probably influenced it. Now, how does i mean you obviously had probably a, yeah know. you obviously just had a victory there i mean I, I as a storyteller i agree but the thing that i'm wondering is there's a lot of like you know something's there right how does it make michael feel though to know that like there's something there that you don't know is is what it is yeah i think michael in a way is a bit relieved that he has like a hook something which he can target which so there's exactly there's There's an you planned there's an in because before that it was like lots of stuff happening and it was all out of michael's control and he hates that and right now with an in with a clear problem to solve things are a lot easier and I feel bad for, uh, oh, I don't feel bad. I'm, I don't want to say my personal feelings about Keith Galloway or Halloway. It was <laughs> Keith, uh, 
God damn, dude, me and my names. I, I don't want to say I feel bad for Keith Galloway, but Mike's got you know, a hook in right now. Man. So what about you, Derek? As you're walking down these steps with Michael, and you see Michael's tone has kind of changed a little bit. Went from angry now to like almost like there's a swagger when he's walking out. Like, what was that making you? What was this whole situation making you feel as you guys are about to step outside? I think Derek would have been really confused when Michael just said, okay, we're going now. Um, bye bye. <laughs> like, he didn't get the move, but now that they're like in the hallway, uh, he, he knows it's the right step because, well, basically they disturbed him a little bit. And now he's uh, this Galloway guy has to ponder what his next move is. And it's probably going to end up working out in um, our favor anyway because so, he's either he either he fucks it up for himself or he comes clean of whatever he knows there's no in between likely he can't just he can't just remain calm and like sit back he clearly can't but Derek would like nudge Michael um, you think McNulty is in trouble or is going to get in trouble now well we didn't mention our relation to him we might give him a note to just deny having anything to do with us but otherwise you know poor alcoholic guidance counselor who's already drinking because of like the shit he's been through now. by the way <laughs> oops so derek what my question is like with the the revelation that there's some kind of relationship between him and him and um welkstetter i mean have you still like you're still kind of like formulating like you don't know the extent about welkstetter that these other three know about but you heard this guy say they had a relationship with Walkstetter. yeah does that mean anything uh, to you? Derek wanted to like push Galloway into getting uncomfortable with that and it clearly worked um, because he wanted to know how much this guy knows about Walkstetter. and clearly there's something like it isn't just in it's fairly clear that um, Galloway knew from the start that something is odd maybe he saw it like as a business opportunity and then fled the ship when it got uncomfortable. But he has something um, in his in his mind that he well should come clean on, but so far hasn't. So you guys are in the car right now. What are you guys doing? Scenes on you guys. So Derek, what do you think? Well, he needs to he needs to make the next move, I guess. Yeah. What do you think about him as a person? Honestly, uh, my impression is he probably made a poor decision. Maybe he was hungry for influence or power with the position at the school. And it ended up, well, not working out the way he wanted it to. And now he, he is in debt or afraid of people with more power than him. Yeah. Definitely seemed very scared to me. Probably, I wonder how much he knew about Walkstetter. How much he was involved with them. That could be an interesting thing to figure out. To Enough to be afraid, connection. at least. Yeah, I'll have to look into that connection. Shame we didn't figure anything out about Toby directly, but I don't think uh, Head Dean would just, even if he did know, probably wouldn't tell us. I don't think Toby is on his radar at all. Yeah, like no, it's a, definitely. It's a name it might have been. Hundreds. It might have been, but but yeah, because well, let's be honest, kid runs a couple times away from home. Probably no. I mean, it's not normal behavior. But who knows? Who knows? Um, uh, I think I think we should check 
keep tabs on him regularly. Maybe we'll ask Wayne. Yeah, I brought a flyer and it looks like they have Wednesday nights and Sunday services. <laughs> Could be an interesting, interesting way to find out. Oh, you do? You mean we should like follow him around and look who he's contacting and interacting with? Well, it might be worth it in the next couple of days and see if he meets anyone interesting, so to speak, since we've sort of started our counterattack of sorts. But it's hard to say. I don't want to tie up all our company resources right now into him, of course, but uh, we should definitely look into him. Yeah, and I do think we should get in touch with McNulty. My suspicion is Galloway will call him about something. Maybe pressure him to not talk to us or anyone, something like that. Do you enjoy games of humanity fighting against the supernatural, literally? Then you'll definitely like our game Corruption. This Hunters Hunted 2 game is set in Washington, D.C. and follows an eclectic group of hunters who bond together through their brushes with the supernatural. 